Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more <gasps> bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay. Hey everybody, it's Sam with Pro Wrestling Overtime, and I wanted to give you a Monday show of news and rumors that are going around. There's a couple topics I really haven't talked about. I've kind of stayed away from them, and I wasn't 100% sure whether or not I even should talk about it. So, I've decided I am because I'm sure all of you who are wrestling fans are talking about them on Twitter, on any message boards, or on Reddit, and you might as well hear my opinion, and then you guys can always write back to me, you know, you can hit me up on Twitter, Pro Overtime, that's two O's. Pro Overtime, or you can email me at prowrestlingot at gmail.com and let me know what you think. Um, I was really excited about this weekend, and it really did live up to what it was supposed to be. Um, as far as, you know, GNC's double header that they had, they started in Houston, they did Fight Club Houston, and then on Sunday night, they did You Only Die Once. Uh, we had the MLW Battle Riot 3 on, I think it was Saturday. And it was really good. They had some titles change hands. And then, of course, last night we had Ring of Honors, Best in the World. And it was definitely good. They also had some title changes. But we're going to talk about that. I feel like we probably should back up. A little further in the week, though. Since I didn't talk about it, I retweeted some articles on Twitter and on Pro Wrestling Overtime on Facebook. I put up a couple articles. I did not make any comments. Several of you 
direct messaged me on Twitter and said, what are your thoughts on this? What are you hearing? Is he getting suspended? And I had to tell you, I wasn't sure. Because when you plug into the Wrestling Grapevine, usually you hear all kinds of static about WWE. I mean all kinds. And some of it's true, some of it's not. Some of it I don't get into. I could care less who had a party and all the wrestlers got drunk and this person slept with this person but they're not together and they're never going to get together. They, it was a one night thing. So I'm not going to tell you guys stuff like that. Plus, I tell you guys when there's something going around that people have wrote or they've talked about it even on other podcasts that I just think are pure garbage. And I'm just being honest with you guys on my thoughts, my opinions, but also what I have seen or heard. And I try not to get them mixed up. I try to be very upfront, honest. Hey, I've heard this. I don't know if it's true. Um, or this is my opinion. So, we all kind of know, or you should know by now, Jimmy Uso uh, in the Pensacola area where they live was again arrested for a DUI. A lot of people are reporting this is his third DUI. And if they're saying this is the third DUI that he's been charged with, I think I'm okay with that. I think. Because technically that's true. But a lot of articles didn't come out and say it but they really insinuated and really think that he may have may go to jail this time but what they don't tell you or they tell you at the very end of the article where you may not still be reading is that Jimmy was found not guilty the last time. Now that was back, what, 2019? He went to trial in, in 2020, and or he went to court in 2020, and he was found not guilty. Uh, so... Yes, he's been charged, but he wasn't convicted. So, I don't know where they're getting that he's automatically going to be convicted and go to jail this time. 
I don't know that that's necessarily true. Depending on what kind of lawyer he gets, the charges may even get busted down where, you know, they're not a DUI anymore. And so then people were, I guess, wondering, well, what is WWE going to do? Because not this past Friday, which would have been the 9th, July 9th, but the previous Friday, which would have been July 2nd. Everybody was talking about Jay Uso not being on the show. Well, guys, he was on vacation. He had asked off. It was granted. And so, he wasn't supposed to be there. It wasn't the fact that he didn't, you know, he was there and they didn't have anything for him. Or that creative didn't have anything for him. Or anything like... No, it wasn't anything like that. It was literally... He wasn't there. And so... A lot of people after Jimmy got arrested... Were saying... Well, Jay wasn't there last week... So they just won't let Jimmy be there... This week. Well, if you were reading... I think it was 4 o'clock. I was having discussions with different people. And I was like, well, I just got texted. He's backstage. He doesn't know if they're going to have anything for him or if they're going to let him be on the show tonight. But he's backstage and he's in his gear. And a couple people that were talking to me were like, are you serious? It's like, look, that's what I was texted. I'm not there. So, I think a lot of people were flabbergasted by that. I ended up looking, and I guess earlier, I think it was probably 2.30 or 3 Fightful Select said he was there. And then, of course, Ringside News has a subscription to Fightful Select. And so they quote them in their stories. So, I wasn't the first one to break it. I didn't even pretend to be. So, Dave Metzler said... I guess it was Friday morning on Wrestling Observer Radio. Because I don't think he's on on Saturdays. But I think it was Friday morning. He said that Jimmy Uso isn't going to have anything happen to him. That the WWE is not going to punish. Yes, you're getting finger quotes. For his DUI arrest. And the reason that Dave Metzler was given by, I think he said he had three sources, or four sources. 
He said the reasoning he was given by all of them was the same exact thing. And it was that what they have planned in the Roman reign story, the saga, requires both Usos. And it's too important for them to punish Jimmy Uso. And they don't want to screw that up. He was then told it was less, I want to say to, don't hold me to that. Because I'm not quoting him, I'm just doing this from memory. Is Dave said that they are trying to put together a long-term storyline with this main event angle that will end up with The Rock versus Roman at next year's WrestleMania, which would be 38. And that Jimmy is playing an integral part in this. And I think you guys know how I feel about it. Or if you don't, you should. My last podcast, some of you listened to, it was wrestling over time. I wanted to start a new format of talking more about topics. But during June 2020, the hashtag speaking out movement started. And there were all kinds of wrestlers, both male and female, that came up in those allegations. And I was doing different episodes and talking. Um, There were stories on there saying such and such was in this town, took me out, I was underage, they got me in, they got me drunk, they had sex with me, on and on and on. Well, when you looked that particular wrestler that was named, they weren't in that town the whole entire year that they were alleged to be in and having gotten this person drunk and had sex with them. When you looked at their schedule for the entire year, because a lot of people thought, you know what, when you're victimized, I know it for from previous work as a forensic uh, interviewer and investigator, that victims sometimes get dates wrong, or days of the week wrong, especially if you don't get to talk to them almost directly after. The further the time is in the past, the harder it is to recall little details. They can tell you exactly what happened, how it happened, when it happened, all of that, because it hurt them, it bothered them, it frustrated them, it confused them. 
um, there was pain involved or whatever, it imprinted that memory on them. So they remember that. But a lot of people want to say they didn't get their, their day of the week right. It wasn't a Wednesday. It was a Monday. Well, who cares? Um, if the victim said it happened on a Wednesday and you find out that it happened on a Monday, um, it still happened. I don't care what day of the week it happened on. However, it is a little weird if they say this happened recently, like 2019, December of 2019. The whole year of 2019, this wrestler wasn't anywhere near where the person said the alleged rape had happened. And then when you looked at the wrestler's schedule from January of 2020 up until they were making these allegations, June 2020, the wrestler hadn't been anywhere near where they had said it happened either. So basically they had not been around for a year and a half. I'm not saying you can't be off by a year and a half, but through the years that I worked and worked with sexual assault victims, uh, sexually abused kids, I don't remember any of them being that far off. I mean, it's almost two years. No, they they usually aren't off by like that unless they're talking 20 years ago or, you know, they tell you it happened 20 years ago and it really happened 21 years ago or something like that. They can be off bad when it's that far in the past. But she was talking within six six months. So... There were some on there that were kind of provable. There were some not. There was a wrestler accused, I believe in England. May have been near Wells, I'm not sure. But in England, and it was a male wrestler. The police looked into it, and from the police reports that have been printed over in England. The male wrestler hadn't been in England. He had left like two years previously, had been in the United States, had been in Japan, had been in Canada. But it had not been in any, in England for like a year and a half, two years, two and a half years. So... You know, when you've got passports and stuff like that, it's fairly easy to say, um, no, that wasn't me. That might have been someone else that looked like me. But it wasn't me. Then there were others that came forward, had pictures, had texts, had um, DMs, had 
Snapchat conversations that they'd screenshot it. Had, um, uh, I'm trying to think. I think one actually had clothes or something. I mean, there were some that had a lot of evidence. And I can't believe it's been a year and they haven't been charged yet. But I also haven't been keeping a close enough watch to see if they've reached a settlement or or something like that. Why am I bringing up speaking out? Because I want to get around to what I said, what I still believe to this day, is... You guys, I've been open and honest with you. I'm pretty much an AEW mark. And I have been fairly vocal that I absolutely love Sammy Guevara. And have for quite a while. When the allegations came out against him. And him saying sexist, abusive comments about Sasha Banks when I first heard that I didn't even understand it I was like where when um did he say it to her um I know that Sasha Banks is a little bit of an introvert unless she is playing her character Sasha Banks, the boss. And then she portrays an attitude as far as she doesn't take anything off of anybody. So I can't see any situation that they would be in where, you know, Sammy would be saying that to her, that they both wouldn't be in character. And that she wouldn't haul off and let him have it. And I don't mean verbally. I think that Sasha Banks' character, if she was in her gimmick and they were having a back and forth at um autograph signing or something like that, I think she'd haul off and slap him. Or she would have hauled off and hit him. Kicked him. Something. But a lot of people, when it just that first little bit came out, they were like, I bet he hit on her, they were dating, or, and I was like, um, no. And they were like, well, what do you mean no? Well, Sasha Banks, as far as I know, is very happily married. She's been married since, I think she was 25, 24 maybe. There is, I guess, a four-year or five-year age difference between them. So if this would have happened before she was married, Sammy would have been 20 years old, maybe 19. As mature 
as Sasha Banks was before she got married, right before she got married. Her and her husband would have been dating. She would have probably even had to move it back further. But as mature as she was right before she got married, she wouldn't have dated Sammy Guevara as a 20-year-old. He was extremely immature, and he will tell you that himself. He acted like a frat boy, a 12-year-old, whatever, you know, thing you want to say about him. And at 25, Sasha Banks was already on main roster, and I believe had probably already won a championship. She had traveled around the world. She knew how to take care and rent a car, get plane tickets, rent a hotel, you know, show up on time, make sure that her rental car was okay. I mean, she was pretty with it. Sammy was not. And if you're saying it didn't happen before she was married, then you were saying... Sasha Banks was a cheater. Which I definitely don't believe that she is. I think she is the kind of person that would say to Makaz, um, I'm not in love with you anymore. We need to get a divorce. And then would proceed to be with whoever she wanted to be with. Then it came out Oh, no, he didn't say it to her. He said it on a podcast. We're looking for the podcast, but what he said basically was that Sasha Banks was so hot that he wanted to rape her. He was, I believe they said 22 21 at the time they found the podcast you can listen to it you can hear him say it um and his excuse reason whichever one you want to say was that he was on this podcast They had been joking around like that before they started the podcast. When they began recording, he thought they were really cool guys. He wanted to seem cool to them. Because remember, he's 21, 22. And that came out. He wasn't a guy that did that kind of stuff. But it did come out of his mouth. And he didn't even know Sasha Banks. So he didn't call to apologize or anything like that. So then people started backing up and saying, Oh, he was only 21 or 22. All guys say that at that age. Well, I came out on my episode um wrestling overtime is still up you guys can listen to it you have to go back to june 
of 2020. But I was kind of hard on him. And just flat out said, yeah, a lot of 21 and 22 year olds say stuff like that. Maybe all of them do. It doesn't make it right. And pretty much that's exactly what AEW's Tony Khan said. And Sammy Guevara went to him, and he was 24 years old. He was hitting, just hitting, kind of the big time with Chris Jericho. And Tony Khan said, I know I've questioned a lot of people around here, including Chris Jericho. They've never heard you say anything like this. They have not heard you be derogatory toward women. However, you were. I heard you. They have the podcast episode that you said it. I listened to it. You were. And he said, that's only two years in your past. You need to get treatment. So what we're going to do is you are suspended. You're going to go get treatment. And it wasn't, oh, you're going to go get celebrity treatment. No, no, no. He was to go to sexual assault batterers class. And listen to what other men had gotten in trouble for. Some had been arrested, some had just been charged, some had been in jail. And listen to an instructor talk about how you treat and talk to women that role play, that take tests, that study. Sammy wasn't allowed his salary. His salary was given to sexual assault uh, places in the area to help them. So Sammy wasn't getting paid and Sammy was going to treatment. He was also required to go to group therapy. And Sammy, it's my understanding, Sammy himself said that he probably needed one-on-one therapy. He completed the class by doing everything he was supposed to do. He wrote the papers he was supposed to do. He did the role plays. Um, They had got him journaling. If you look at his vlog... Um, on YouTube during around this time. He gets a little in- introspective. And that's how you know kind of somebody's making a change. He came back, I think it was two weeks, maybe three, before he came on TV. And they made him do... A lot of new wrestler stuff. 
And people that were around him said they felt like he had changed. And in those two weeks, he still wasn't getting paid. And he still came around. He still did stuff. It was during the pandemic. And it is my understanding that he went through Tony Khan and his agent. And they made contact with Sasha Banks's crew, her management people. And she agreed to talk to Sammy because Sammy wanted to apologize. Um, what has been said in different websites, I haven't actually heard it from Sammy himself. I did not hear him say it in any interviews. He did not want to talk about his one-on-one talk with Sasha Banks. But from sources, I guess, that leaked it to websites. They weren't on the phone very long and that Sammy was very sincere and apologetic and Sasha accepted that apology and they kind of got off the phone. Sammy then made a public statement that he wished to apologize to Sasha Banks publicly. He had already did it privately, but he wanted everybody to know what he did was wrong, da-da-da-da-da. Tony Khan then had an evaluation meeting with him, and it was determined through what Sammy had done, what other people had seen and wrote, about him pertaining to his treatment, pertaining to his group therapy, pertaining to his private apology to Sasha, and then his public statements. Tony Khan then decided to allow him to come back on AEW's payroll and to be back on TV. I believe it took all of this, I think it was like three months, two months, three months, something like that. I can't recall exact dates. Um, I didn't look them up before this episode. I really didn't know I was going to talk about this, but a lot of people have said, what do you think should be done to Jay Uso, especially after Dave Metzler made these comments on Friday morning that WWE has made the decision they're not going to do anything to him. I said he needs to get treatment and WWE needs to make him. One person said to me on Reddit and said they can't make him. You're correct, they can't, but they don't have to keep him hired, employed. And they said, well, another place will just uh, pick him up. And I said, well, I hope that if they do, then people will speak out against it. 
And they were like, you're being too hard on Jimmy. Really? This has happened three or four times that he's been caught. Remember, he was drunk. Naomi was driving, got pulled over. And he proceeded to get out of the car, confront the police, screaming, yelling. It was caught on their dashboard cam. And at one point, he smacks his hand against the hood. And you could tell he was drunk. And you could tell he really didn't know what was going on. Those are just the times he's been caught. I know from dealing with drunk drivers and abusive parents towards children, they don't get caught 97, 98% of the time. They are actually doing this. So Jimmy is probably doing this a couple times a week. He's been caught three times. He doesn't think it's a big deal. It's happened before. WWE never did anything to him. Why should he think this time would be any different? He's in a major storyline. His cousin, his real life cousin, is the face of SmackDown, Roman Reigns. So, why would there be any difference? And why does he think he needs to make a change? If I did something three or four times a week, and I got caught once a year, you better believe I'm going to continue to do it. Think about yourself. How many times do you speed? In a day. We're not going to talk about weeks. How many times do you speed during a day? Let's go low on that number and say it's five. In that day, out of those five times, how many times do you get caught? Probably zero. I can tell you myself. I speed every day. Um, there are long trips I have taken. I have sped the whole way. I haven't gotten a speeding ticket probably in six, seven years. So in my weird mind, that rationalizes it. Oh, I can speed because I never get caught. Well, maybe that's what he's thinking. Well, he got caught. WWE needs to do something about it. And if it costs them a storyline or it costs them to rewrite a storyline, it's my understanding they were rewriting last Friday's SmackDown until 6 or 6.30. Surely some storyline... That you have planned for April 2021. I bet it can be rewritten. Since you're writing day of story changes. What you're talking about. Is not just Jimmy Uso's life. 
He has a wife, Naomi, um, that doesn't deserve to live with a drunk. I think he has three. He may have two, but I think he has three children that are having to live through this. And then you have every car that passes him in the Pensacola area when he is drunk. That luckily he hasn't hit them, hurt them, or even killed them. And I think somebody needs to set people down at WWE and tell them this is not him sitting at home on his couch watching the NBA playoffs and having four beers. He is out on the road where he can hit a light pole and kill himself. And then guess what, guys? You have to change the storyline. The thing you're so scared about, I can't help him because I have to change the storyline. Well, you know what? If he drinks, he drives, he hits something, he may die and you'll be changing the storyline anyway. The other thing is, is he may hit someone else and kill them. Or, in my opinion, he could do something worse. He could completely paralyze from the neck down a single mom that has three kids under the age of five. And she can no longer take care of them. And because she's a single mom, there's no one there to help. So... In Florida, I believe it's called DHS. A lot of places it's called CPS. They have to step in and either try to find mom some help, try to find a way to pay for mom some help, but they have to take the kids away from their mother and she gets visitation only because Jimmy Uso decided to get drunk accidentally hit her and paralyzed her which means she's still alive she still has capacity to think she still has the capacity to love to care about her children to talk to her children to be around her children but she's got to live with the rest of her life she can't take care of them and somebody took them away, and now they're living with strangers, and they only get to see her once or twice a week. And she misses them, and she's dealing with the fact she has no control over her body. She cannot make it move in order to take care of them. She will never be able to hug her children again. Someone needs to set WWE down and explain this to them because it's very 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 obvious they don't get it 
So that's what I think, and that's the reason why you didn't get an episode on it earlier this week, because I've been talking about it now probably for about a half an hour. You probably would have had a three-hour-long podcast on it. Um, PW Insider later talked about WWE has now placed a pause on all documentaries and all scheduled premieres of new documentaries, new shows, and new series. The assumption is being made by the public it is because of the cuts that they have made. Because not only have they cut wrestlers, they have cut office staff. They have cut people in production. The last people, I'm just, this is my opinion, the last people they should be cutting is the documentary people and the people that do their shows because their documentaries are cool. They're done excellently. They're well researched. The camera angles and the lighting are awesome. I mean, if you've ever seen a 24 or an Untold or Chronicles, they're awesome. Um, the Undertaker's Last Ride, the Icon series, I've only seen the one about Beth Phoenix. It was unbelievable. Now, the podcast episodes, yeah, they're not bad. Um, I like watching Stone Colds. I don't mind watching Swerves every now and then, depending on who his guest is. Um, uh, un- what is, is it called Untold? Is it, um, what is Alexa Bliss's podcast? I don't mind watching it every once in a while, again, depending on the guest. I love watching Corey Graves and Vic Joseph on After the Bell. I think they're hilarious. Um, you know, they do a good job on Raw Talk and Smacking Talk, or Talking Smack. <coughs> so, I can't believe they've stopped this. I can't believe Peacock has let them stop this. But, it is my understanding they have. Speaking of Talking Smack. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter put out that Paul Heyman will no longer be the co-host of Talking Smack. There was no reason given. So we don't know if it's Paul Heyman's decision or it is someone else's decision. I'm going to bet it was one of the big three. I may even bet that it was two of the big three. But I know it was probably at least one of the big three. Paul Heyman has really shaped that show since taking over. He plays his character extremely well when he's going up against someone where he needs to play his Paul Heyman character as Roman Reigns' advisor, um, consultant, whatever, 
So when he is doing verbal battle with Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn or whoever, it's unbelievable. But watching him also sucking up, is that a word? Uh, is that a word I should be using? Sucking up to um, Sonya Deville and Bailey and even a little to Carmella <clears throat> has also been hilarious. Watching his jab matches with Kayla Braxton, I have loved. There are times that Kayla Braxton gets the best of him. And so I was really sad to hear this. They are permanently replacing him with Pat McAfee. Um, Pat doesn't really have a character or a gimmick. He didn't want to. It is really himself. And I can't say that it's himself turned up to 15 or whatever. No, it's basically just Pat. Um, I've known of Pat since he was an 18-year-old going to college. Um, he has always been like that. So, nothing that comes out of his mouth on either SmackDown or Talking Smack. Um, you know, surprises me. However, how he doesn't know who's who and who he's supposed to be with them does surprise me. Um, there are a lot of matches that he calls that he is against this one person because he thinks they're a heel and he should be against them. And then someone either reminds him or he decides, oh, I'm going to be the heel broadcaster. And then he's on the same side of them. And that's kind of how it has been with Talking Smack. The issue is Michael Cole is not beside him. It's Kayla Braxton who doesn't care to say, Pat, two minutes ago you were saying this. And he's one-on-one -on -one with a lot of the WWE superstars that are trying to prove their worth, that are trying not to get cut, that are trying not to get moved around, um, that are trying to prove that they can cut a promo. And they really don't know Pat. You know, he's been around them before, and they know of him. But they don't truly know, know him. They're not best friends with him. So they don't care in a promo to cut on him in order to make themselves look good. And then Pat has to make the decision, do I cut on him back? And how do I do that? You know. So uh, it's been a bit of a learning process, I think, for him. And then... You know, one of the last topics that we have is the Observer said that it looks like Impact Wrestling is going to move all of its TV tapings 
from Nashville to Las Vegas in front of live fans later this year. Um, it is my understanding that they have let talent know that this is a strong possibility. They have been looking for where they can produce these tapings and these shows in Las Vegas. Um, some people are saying they've already bought a place. I don't know whether that's true or not. In Nashville, they had the perfect space. It was small, but it was perfect. It didn't seat very many people, but before the pandemic, they were loud, they were active. During the pandemic, obviously no one's been there. It was available to them while they were taping for four days or whatever, five days. And it really worked out. But now, they kind of want to get out of Nashville, is my understanding. They want to be Impact Wrestling. With nothing added on at the end. Because when I talk to a lot of my friends, they'll say, Did you watch Impact Wrestling last night? You know the old TNA? Yeah, guys. You don't have to keep saying that. They haven't been TNA forever. But I still catch a lot of people saying that or wanting to put that ad on in there. And I think they, Impact Wrestling, wants to cut ties with TNA. They want to keep their catalog. They want to keep that history but they want people to see them with a new vision, new mission, and they have a different name for a reason. And so I think that's also leading a lot to wanting to move. Las Vegas is becoming a wrestling center. Um, it seems like every promotion loves going out there, especially for big events. It's a tourist town, but it also has a strong local population. And I think there's three colleges out there, but the one you definitely hear about is UNLV. They have a college population that attends events. So I think that's, that is also playing a role into it. Um, we've seen the Raiders move there. Obviously, they have the Golden Knights there, a hockey team. And now the word on the street is the Oakland A's will be moving there after this season or before the 2023 season. So... Um, look for that to be announced in the next two weeks. So it makes perfect sense that it's the UFC capital. There's all kinds of gyms there. There are, I have no clue how many different types of mixed martial arts are taught there. 
So they definitely could pick up new skills and all of that. And so I don't blame them for wanting to move later this year. You're talking fall to Vegas at a place where they can have a live crowd during their tapings. And I think it's going to be really cool. Let's talk real quick about the surprises that we got to see happen this week. If you guys have not watched any wrestling show from Friday on, you may want to just go ahead and end this or skip forward. I don't want to spoil anything to you. So if you have not watched Friday Night Smackdown or heard anything about Friday Night Smackdown, uh, MLW's Battle Riot or Ring of Honor's uh, Best in the World, then like I said, you want to turn this off or you want to fast forward it. Because that's what I'm going to talk about is the surprises on that shows, on those shows. If you did watch them, you may or may not have been surprised. Some were leaked, some were not. Obviously, uh, Tegan Knox and Shotsky Blackheart were leaked. Um, the best I can tell you, it was probably leaked about two or three hours ahead of time. Um, and it is my understanding a member of the crew leaked it. Not... Tegan or or Shotsky themselves. I thought they, they did a great job. The one that was the surprise, though, for, I think, pretty much everybody, it had not been leaked. They had did their best to keep it under wraps, and the reason why they were able to was because it was a vignette. She actually wasn't in the room, and that was Tony Storm. And so I am looking forward to Tony Storm being on the main uh, roster. I absolutely love Tegan Knox. I think she is a tremendous athlete. And I think the look that she has is that of the girl next door, but she can play a mean heel when she wants to. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what her and Shotsky come up with since they've kind of lumped them together. I think two more are coming back soon. We know Sasha Banks will be on next Friday night, July 16th. She is coming back. Um... I look for Becky Lynch to come back sometime soon. I don't know whether or not it'll be on SmackDown or it'll be on Raw yet. Haven't heard. They've been seemingly going back and forth. If you did not hear the reason why these three women from NXT were brought up is because Bailey suffered an injury. 
I'm not going to go into it in detail because I don't know 100% sure that my sources are 100% correct. It is my understanding probably six to eight weeks ago Vince told the wrestlers that were living outside of the Tampa Orlando area that they needed to rearrange their schedules where they could stay after their shows for at least three to four days um that way they would be home for two days before they had to come back um some wrestlers balked at this bailey was not one of them bailey pretty much does not fight <coughs> excuse me does not fight wwe she is very thankful that she is in the pro wrestling industry and she is very thankful that she made it to the top what most people have always considered the top being WWE as quickly as she did I think she ended up spending three years I think maybe two on the independence I think it was three though and then, of course, she was in NXT and then moved up. She considers herself lucky that she has not been injured a lot. And she's pretty much willing to do what they ask. If they want her to go be an ambassador to a country and or go to schools and talk to kids or do a vignette of her learning to do something she doesn't care she's fine with it they want her to play video games she's fine you know um there from what i understand have been very few things where she said uh no i don't really want to do that i don't like that my character wouldn't do that um She's willing to take chances, as we've seen with her becoming Heel Bailey. So I hope when, from my understanding, when the mandatory training edict come down, she was okay. She understood it. Um, Vince wanted them to come to Orlando and Tampa area so that they could be at the performance center, they could take any classes that they needed to get their skills sharpened on their promos or their vignettes. Um, He wanted them wrestling for hours during the day, not just training, but wrestling, knocking off ring rust. And becoming, you know, involved in wrestling with each other, creating chemistry, um, getting back used to putting matches together at the last minute, and all of that. 
that made sense to me. She was not one of those that were fighting it. Even though she lives in California. Even though she works out constantly. Matter of fact, I would be willing to say she has put on more muscle. And I would almost say it looks like, appears, that her cardio has gotten better. I can't say that for sure because she's not wrestling as much. Time will tell. So I think she was looking forward to that. Plus, Bailey has had a rough nine months, I would say. Nine to ten months. And no, it's not because she lost her championship to Sasha Banks in her personal life. I'm not going into it. If you go back through things, such as wrestling websites or even documentaries on WWE, and you write down different things that she just kind of casually says, no one follows up on it, and you just kind of put them in a timeline, then you know what has been happening to her as far as some family issues and people very close to her have died. Um... She did not take any time off because that's the work ethic she has. Plus, she's so passionate about pro wrestling that she knew the mandatory wrestling. She was going to get to see all of her wrestling friends, you know, day after day after day. And she was going to get to be doing something she loved all the time. Did that mean she was going to be away from her family? Yes. Was she upset about that part? Yeah. And of course, Flex, her dog, she absolutely loves. And I'm sure that it was going to bother her to be back away from him. But she also knew the career that that she has taken. First day of mandatory training, they worked out. And I believe they did some ring stuff. Second day was lighter workouts, but more ring. She was in the ring with another wrestler. They don't want named. Bailey specifically does not want named. She does not want another wrestler getting mean, hateful Twitter trolls blasting someone when it wasn't a botched move. It was an accident. They were in the ring. Bailey felt a pop and heard something and, from what I understand, went down. She attempted to get back up and continue thinking, ah, it's just a thing, and I've wrestled like that before. She couldn't. It was then when everyone that was around the ring was like, sit down. 
Don't even try to get up. Quit trying to get up. And she was taken to the WWE physical therapists and doctors on staff. They checked her out. Said that she had possibly strained. Partially tore. Or fully tore. A ligament in her knee. Which scared her. It would scare you. She had test run. I think it was the next day. And she was told they think it is this and you could be out 9 to 11 months. Bailey was upset at herself. Bailey blamed herself. Um, It is my understanding she did not take that news very well. However, people have told me that it wasn't too long after, and we're talking hours. She had already called her mother and told her nine to 11 months, but then when she talked to her mother later that day or that night, she was saying first part of January, end of December. Which her mother, having an older child (laughs) and talking to her, proceeded to ask her if she knew her math and the months of the year because December, early January was not nine months and it definitely wasn't 11. It was my understanding, it was Bailey's idea, they had put her in a brace for her to cut the promo that you guys saw about her knee injury. She wanted to be seen because when WWE put out a statement, people immediately jumped on, oh, she's pregnant. And everybody in the wrestling world was seeing this. And some of her close friends in WWE and other promotions actually texted her, called her, and said, are you pregnant? She reassured everybody, um, no. And... If I was, I don't know what these fans are thinking. It takes longer than nine months. Look at Becky. You know, it takes a year to a year and a half. Because after you have your child, you want to bond with them. You want to take care of them. You... If you're breastfeeding, you want to do that. Um, you want to spend time with them. But also, you have to get back into shape. Like every woman does. But, because you're a professional athlete, you've got to go beyond that. You've got to get back into athlete shape. 
where you can take bumps and you can run the ropes and you can take getting elbows thrown at you at your back or you can get submission moves put on you or that they can drop kick you and that doesn't happen the next day after you have a baby so I think really Bailey definitely wanted to go on TV Friday night to make sure that everyone knew nine months and to show look I have a knee brace on my knee is injured because WWE did not put that out in the statement they said she was injured during training and did not say anything else now this weekend Everybody is saying it's all a work. Bailey will not be out nine months. I've heard two different theories. One on Reddit, one on Twitter. One theory is she is taking a month or two off to heal up to rehab any minor injuries, to clear her head, to spend time with her family, to go on vacation, kind of like Saucer Banks has been doing. And that they are giving her that so that in the fall, she will be back better than ever and will go back to being the foundation block that their women's division on SmackDown is is built on. Because I think so many of you don't know that Sasha and Bailey have not been off. They had not taken a vacation in, one of my sources said, 20 months. Which is why Sasha Banks said, hey... After WrestleMania, can I take a couple months? And they were like, yeah, sure. So one of the theories is now that Sasha is back, this is them giving Bailey time off. The other theory that is going around this weekend is that it's all a work. She's not hurt. She is not taking a vacation. Um, and they're using Bailey's words exactly that when she got hurt, I guess it was in 2017 with her shoulder, she didn't stay out the time she was supposed to then because she was going crazy not being in the ring. And so their theory is this is all a work. And that she is either going to show up at Money in the Bank and win the briefcase or at least become a contender and cause some issues, shenanigans. Or that she will be a run-in surprise at SummerSlam. Do I believe these? No. No, I don't. From the people that I trust 
in wrestling that I read, that I DM back and forth with, that I text with. No. Because they were actually there when she got hurt. They saw how mad she was. <coughs> they saw how embarrassed she was. And how she was even more mad when she got done with the WWE doctors. She is looking forward to this week. The swelling is supposedly supposed to be down enough where they can rerun all of the tests, find out more exactly if her ACL is partially torn or completely torn. Whether or not it requires surgery, if it does, how soon they can get into that surgery to get her rehabbing back. And it is my understanding she was pushing for that pretty hard to happen Friday or Saturday. And they were saying, no, the swelling is too bad. So if she got that mad, if she was pushing that hard to get answers, to find out if she had to have surgery, if she had to have surgery, when, this week, she can have it. And start her rehab. That doesn't sound like a work to me. Especially it is my understanding that Sunday, yesterday, she was not mad, but irritated that Conor McGregor broke his ankle Saturday night, and on Sunday, he had a four-hour surgery. And her injury is coming upon a week, and they still don't know whether she needs surgery or not. So she is really biting at the bullet. So, um, it will shock me if on July 18th we see Bailey running out to fight for the brief briefcase. If she does, I'll do an episode about how wrong I was and how the people I talked to were wrong and that I probably need to beat them. But I don't think they're wrong. I loved her comment where it took three people to replace her. No, Bailey, I think it's not only going to take Tegan Knox, Shotzi, Blackheart, and Tony Storm to replace you. I think Sasha Banks is coming back and is going to have to step in. And I'm not too sure. I heard they were leaning on Becky being on Raw. And now she may be coming to SmackDown. And if Becky comes to SmackDown, that will be five women that they have put in to replace one, Bailey. I think a lot of people don't know how much she does in the locker room, 
behind the scenes um, before shows for the other women, other wrestlers, for the agents and producers. And how easy she is to work with, how positive she is to work with, and how that rubs off. And I think that's what's going to be missing. The next surprise was MLW's Battle Riot that happened on Saturday night. MLW signed Danny Limelight, Julius Smokes, and Slice Boogie. The one I'm interested in is Danny Limelight. Um, one of the sites I used to write for last year, a guy that I was over, I was his editor, got an interview with Danny Limelight. And since I read that interview, since I talked to John, I could not believe everything he's been through, everything he wants, his visions, his goals. I struck up a conversation with him on Instagram. And we talked, and it eventually led to his daughter and how proud of her he is. I believe she's seven now. She was six last year. I think she's already turned seven. She was wanting to get into acting, singing. She is making herself known on TikTok. And he is so proud of her. He has been at AEW. Uh, working a lot of the dark and um, elevation matches. He has been on New Japan Strong. He was part of Team Filthy on New Japan Strong and worked with Tom Lawyer. He was on some independent circuit shows. And I am extremely happy that he and Julius Smokes are now a new tag team on MLW. And I look for them to light it up. Danny Limelight is his name. He is going by Riviera on there. He also has a movie coming out soon where I think he is the lead role. If not, he's the second lead. And you're going to see this kid blow up. <coughs> Do not think he is immature. He is a responsible dad. He was in the Marine Corps. He was a drill sergeant. He takes things seriously. And he is going to blow up in the wrestling world. And I think 2022 is going to be the year his rocket shoots up. And if it does, you're going to hear me talking about it. Ring of Honor, Best in the World, which was Sunday night last night, they came out with a surprise. And they did surprise everyone. <clears throat> she, had, It was known that she had asked 
for an early release from her 90-day non-compete clause. Um, I actually think that she made a very good choice. Choosing Ring of Honor for the simple fact they are creating a women's division with the whole uh, introduction of their women's tournament that they're getting ready to hold. I think it starts next week or week after. And she's going to be a part of it. Um, she is going to be challenging for the championship. I am going to be very honest with you. In When she was in NXT, I did not like Chelsea Green. I don't know why. Uh, I had liked her on Impact as Laurel Van Ness. And I was kind of hoping she would go back there. But when Ring of Honor announced that they were doing a women's division, how it was supposed to be ran, I love Court Bauer. I've told you guys that before. And I truly believe he's going to do this right. So... Having um, Chelsea Green there, I am not sure what her name will be in Ring of Honor, but uh, I have been listening to her podcast. It is called Green with Envy. Um, She is also doing another podcast with her fiancé, Matt Cardona, called Major Land, and it's about theme parks, specifically Disney and Universal. And the fights that they have. Um, It is hilarious. I love Disney myself. And have had some of those fights. So I agree uh, a lot with that show. As far as fighting over what ride you're going to ride next. Or where you're going to eat. Um, But her podcast, like I said, is Green with Envy. I think she's about 10 episodes in, maybe. They are hilarious. Um, I have listened to... I think I'm one behind in it. I haven't listened to this week's. The one she had three weeks ago, I guess, she interviewed and had Deanna Perrazzo come over, who's one of her best friends, and hang out and answer questions and stuff. They were hilarious. So, I encourage you to listen to Green with Envy by Chelsea, excuse me, Chelsea Green. Off Her Chops by Cassie and Jessica, which are formerly known as the Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Theirs is hilarious. Their stories um, are just unbelievable. And then, of course, I definitely encourage you, I think it's one of the best podcasts around, and of course, right now, she is not hosting, she's getting guest hosts, um, is Renee Young, her real name being Renee Paquette, or Renee Good, uh, but I think oral sessions is unbelievable. 
her episode where she interviewed Dan Hausler and then allowed him to be a guest host. Unbelievable week. Her start with episode one because it is her interviewing her husband, of course, John Moxley, and they start it off exactly right. Later in, uh, if you continue listening to him in order, he's on there a couple different times. He is the co-host when they interview Josh Barnett uh, from Bloodsport. So a lot of those are interesting interviews. Guys, those are three podcasts. They'll take up four hours of your time a week. And it is well worth it with the amount of laughs and information you get. So I'm going to get off here. I'm at right uh, at about an hour and a half. I'm sorry. I did not mean to go this long with uh, news and rumors. But I knew once I got started on Jimmy Uso, I was going to go. Because of how strongly I feel about drunk driving and hurting people and hurting yourself in the process. He needs treatment and WWE needs to step up and make sure he gets that. So I wish him the best of luck. I wish Bailey the best of luck. I hope she finds out fabulous news I hope it is only partially torn or even they find out that it was I guess third degree strained and that she will be back in like six weeks uh partially torn you know she is going to be out a little while but it won't be nine months I'm hoping that if it is fully torn that she has snapped it, that she will be able to get surgery as soon as possible and get back on the road to recovery. Uh, both Jimmy Uso and Bailey are in my thoughts and in my prayers. So guys, I will be talking to you guys soon and hopefully somewhere. I'll see you down the road. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers Mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more (gasps) bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay.